Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to episode 32 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you to the opulent Middle Eastern metropolis of Dubai. Dubai. Dubai Dubai reminded us of the United States, but for those surrounding countries, it's a place that seems to reflect opportunity. It's an oasis in the middle of the desert for people to go and spend money. And most people that we found to be out there weren't even from the United Arab Emirates themselves. They were all really more foreign workers. Dubai is such an extravagant place to be. I really didn't know what to expect, but it's hard to believe that there's so much city in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. Dubai, it's really kind of like Vegas of the Middle East, and they're both in the desert, so look at that. But it's without alcohol and gambling, and you can't walk anywhere. And I think Jamal said it best at one point when we were in a taxi. (laughs) He said, yeah, I feel like I'm looking at a fake city in a movie, and that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, you know, there's so many tall buildings, and it's not even the fact that there's buildings. They just really had weird designs. It almost looked like a comic book, but not. It was just really weird how to describe the way the buildings looked. It I was have, awesome, but I it was weird. Many ways to describe yes, you this did. Feeling. Yes, you did. That was one of my highlights of the Dubai trip, Kim, was your city tour that you gave us when we were at I'll the marina. I'll give you a little sneak peek architectural. of architectural. architectural. Yes, architectural city tour. I got some inspiration from when we were in Chicago. But before we get into the buildings, tell me Dubai travel tips, because I know people are dying to know. So I think Zaina really led into it well, where she said it looks like a fake city in a movie and the city is just super spread out and you can't walk anywhere. And so you have to take a taxi or another rideshare program. But we actually learned that a taxi is cheaper than taking an Uber. Uber cheaper, in fact. <laughs> Uber cheaper to take a taxi over the Uber. <laughs> but no, what Brittany was saying about it really spread out. I found it so interesting. It's like there's a specific downtown area But at the same time, there's like three or four different downtowns, like all the skyscrapers are clustered in three or four different sections. So you go from the real downtown to the second downtown and the Dubai Marina area, which is almost like a downtown. So everything's just really far spread out along a straight line. But there's no way you're walking it. No way whatsoever. And when people say it's the Las Vegas of the Middle East, in Las Vegas, you can walk everywhere. But in the Middle East, in Dubai, not so much. Well, I think when we're referring to it looking like Vegas, we're talking about how there's extravagant buildings Mm -hmm. and everyone's out there to impress. And it's like a very showy place. And that's what Dubai is doing with all of their wealth and their money with the buildings and the residences and their downtown areas. But I got to say, it's a little less fun than Vegas. 
a little less fun, but it was, I agree. It was still definitely fun. But like to what Brittany was saying too, and how I referenced earlier, it was almost like in America in the sense that yes, there is a lot of foreign workers. People from the area come there for the opportunity to work, but at the same time, like they're really trying to turn that into the business hub of the Middle East in terms of like banking, finance, other types of business ventures. So it's a big metropolis that's just meant to be seen and experienced. Another tip to keep in mind, though, is everybody speaks English. So even though Arabic is the official language of the United Arab Emirates, which Dubai is a part of, like I said, everyone there truly is a foreign worker. So everyone at the same time, I guess the universal language is English. So if you're in a resort, if you're out in public in the malls or anywhere else, you're all going to be speaking English, not even really Arabic. But everything is going to be in Arabic and English for signs. Of course. But in terms of just general speaking out in public, like you don't really have to worry about brushing up on a few key phrases. I mean, I know we always say that it's respectful, but I felt like we really didn't encounter anybody truly who was a local because everybody out and about doing stuff is a foreign worker of sorts. And so although Dubai is a very modern metropolis, they are very reserved in their dress codes and their traditions and their cultures. And so it's important that since you're in another country to be respectful of their customs and their culture. So things that we learned was what to wear specifically for females. You can't show cleavage. You can't wear short dresses or it's looked down upon if you do. Exactly. The thing is you can, you can, but you shouldn't. Right. There were some people doing it that you saw out in public. Now, it's really interesting about Dubai. There's like the resort areas of Dubai and the big opulent hotels. And then there's out in the public. In the resorts areas, pretty much anything goes really, you know, in terms of when we were at the water park at Atlantis, which we'll get to later. They say out there you should really be wearing a one piece, modest, but people are wearing bikinis and it's not really a big deal. But when you're out in public, they'll have signs even when you're at the mall, no men and women holding hands. Women shouldn't be wearing spaghetti straps or tank tops. They should have their shorts shoulders to an extent covered, cleavage covered and not really showing, dresses or skirts that are at least to the knees. So you can wear those, but I wouldn't advise doing it just to be respectful. Well, I think the thing about this country is it is a Muslim country. And so they're going by the Muslim principles. So that's why you're not finding alcohol out and about. But if you go to a resort, they do have alcohol there or dressing like at a hotel, anything goes because again, you're at a resort. Whereas once you're not at the resort, you are in an Islamic country. Yeah. I can't believe we missed the alcohol on the show notes. You can't buy alcohol anywhere in Dubai, like at supermarkets or grocery stores or anything like that. The only place you can get alcohol in Dubai is at the resorts or at hotels. So, okay, let's talk about how did we get there? So we actually went to Dubai from Lebanon. So this was the second half of our Middle Eastern trip. So we left Lebanon at around 4.15 in the afternoon, and it was about a three-hour flight to get into Dubai. And once we landed in Dubai, Dubai was two hours ahead of the time in Lebanon. Which means we got almost no sleep. <laughs> Almost no sleep. So we had finally landed in Dubai and we took a taxi from the airport to our hotel, which we were staying at, which was Atlantis at the Palm. Now, if you're not familiar with what the Palm is, there are two of them in Dubai and they've actually built out into the sea islands that are in the shape of palm trees. And at the very end of one of those palm trees, man-made islands is the Atlantis Hotel Resort. And my God. 
This shit was amazing. amazing. Was it not? It, it was, was fucking it was, amazing. It was amazing. But we took the taxi from the airport. And as we mentioned earlier, I had done some research. And I just want to throw this out there again because it really is a good tip. And at one point, Kim even pulled up her Uber later on in the trip in Dubai to really kind of see. And check. You always got to double check. You always got to double check. But I read online and it is true. Ubers are more expensive than taxis. So it's not like a lot of other countries where taxis are more expensive than Ubers. In Dubai, always, always, always use a taxi over an Uber. It's cheaper. You know what's weird, though, about taxis? Every time we got in, they had a different number that was already set. So it was either five or eight. Those were the one that was six. Those were the normal ones, yes. But when we left the airport, it was set at, what, 15 or 20 in their local there currency. There's no rhyme or reason to it. But I think at the airport, even here <laughs> in the United States, there's always surcharges when you leave the airport. Even with Lyfts or Ubers, they charge more when you leave the airport. So I or think with... Yeah, so it I is think, what it is, baby. I think with taxis, it was the same thing. <laughs> but at the same time, just keep in mind, taxis are going to be cheaper. That's true. So we finally make it to Atlanta. And like we said, the city is so spread out. It took us like 30, 40 minutes to make it from the airport to Atlantis. It was a long ass drive. Yeah, it was. It just like was never ending. But we did finally make it to Atlantis. And then by this point, it's like 11 p.m. It is late because we landed at like... 9 30 we had to get our bags we had to hail a taxi then we finally make it into atlantis it takes a while to check in but atlantis is amazing it mm-hmm. is a resort so they have a pool they have their private beach restaurants a water park an aquarium it is luxury at its finest so we went to the room. We were ooing and aahing at all the fucking amazing perks in our rooms. And then... Tell us about the room a little bit more. What did you... Oh, you want to know about in? the room? Jacuzzi tub. Rain. Shower. Beautiful view. Slippers. Robe. Coffee. <laughs> a whole bunch of free coffee. Nescafe. Water bottles. Which I don't think Nescafe... Coffee <laughs> I don't think Nescafe in the United States is as good as overseas. So they had like an abundance of Nescafe, which is like instant coffee. And it's a resort. So Kim didn't bring so, her. So um, yeah, super good. Kim didn't bring her adapter to plug mm-hmm. in. So we That's called right. downstairs and they brought us two adapters that we can use there because the adapters here are like a the ones in London. service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they actually told us that we couldn't drink the water, which is something we should have mentioned in the tip section. We couldn't drink the water at I wasn't expecting that from Dubai, to be Yeah, because I actually looked it up and it said it was safe to drink. So they actually said no, but they provided us with all of the water we needed in our hotel room. Debatable. Can you flush or not flush your toilet paper? I still don't know. I'm still not sure. The jury is out on this. Oh, I flushed my toilet paper. I did, but then there's some places that said no. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I wasn't. So I don't know. I don't know the official ruling. And we say this about flushing the toilet paper, just (laughs) kind of true. You know, here in the United States, it's commonplace for us to do stuff like that. But in all other countries that you pretty much visit, and by all, I'm going to equate it to 95% of the countries that Mm -hmm. I've visited outside of the United States, you're not supposed to flush. So Kim is saying she did it over there. They had signs saying not to, but I think it was okay. In some places. And in some places they didn't. So I I honestly don't know. Yeah, in the hotel, they didn't make it clear if you should flush it down the toilet or not. They also had a bidet in the bathroom too. Mm -hmm. That's clutch. I, I love bidets. I Me just want to throw... I live for a bidet. Bidets are nice. I just want to <laughs> throw out one thing. This resort was quite expensive to stay at. 
we did it for two reasons. Because normally, How much? well, it was about 375, 380 a night, if I remember correctly. So quite expensive, no doubt. But we did it for a couple of reasons. One, as we mentioned earlier, Dubai was part two of our trip to the Middle East when we were in Lebanon first. And since Zaina and I are from Lebanon, we had family out there. We stayed. We had a free place to stay. And on top of that, as we mentioned, Dubai is a city of opulence. So we figured while we were there, we have to kind of do it right. We saved all the money by not having to get a hotel in Lebanon. So we did this as a splurge, which is a very rare splurge for the squad. Usually when it comes to hotels, we're either going cheap or like mid-grade because we're splitting rooms, etc. But this time we're like, no, 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 we're in a resort. Let's get separate rooms. So Zane and Kim were together. There wasn't even an option for and us Brittany to get and I were together. Yeah. a room for four people. But Jamal and I wanted our own room alone anyways. And what was also awesome about this trip in particular and this room was Jamal and I have mentioned that we have a travel credit card and we were able to book this room solely on our points. So we paid nothing out of pocket except for the city tax. But as nice as the resort was, we could only enjoy it for just a little bit that night because we had to wake up super early for a specific activity. Now, we all wanted to do this, but before we left, this was in particular Kim's pet project on something mm-hmm. she said, I definitely want to do. And what did we do, I Kim? said, I'm not going to the Middle East without riding a camel. That's a non-negotiable for me. It sounds so stereotypical, but it's the <laughs> truth. I mean, you, you got to do it. I, was it not so much fun? Zaina, before we continue on to the story of the camel riding out in Dubai, Zaina and I have ridden camels before when we were in Lebanon and Baalbek when we were visiting as a family before. So I've already How ridden a camel. You know, I was younger. I remember it. I don't remember as much of it. You always appreciate things <laughs> a lot more when you're older. So I definitely appreciated this. But the experience was different because... We were out in the desert. It was for sunrise. And I'll let one of you ladies discuss it. Go Brittany, ahead, make the sound that camels do when you sit on them and they try to stand up. I don't even know what that was. That didn't sound like a camel. They're like throwing up in their mouth and also like get the fuck off of me. They do have like um, something over their mouth so they don't spit. So you are taken care of in that sense. They are made of steel though. Yeah. And we didn't get our own camel. So Kim and I um, sat on a camel and Brittany and Jamal sat on their own camel. But they had two humps. They did. And both camels were tied together. So we had one leader who was taking both camels and all four of us there. And the only reason I sat by Kim was because Brittany wanted to sit by me. And I was like, no, man, I'm going to sit by my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. But before we get too far into it, why don't you ladies tell us about where we purchased the tickets, how we got picked up. So we booked this excursion through Viator. Viator is a site that you can book excursions on around the world. And all we did was type in Dubai and camels. And so then it brought up a whole list of different excursions. We found one that was about $60. It included transportation, the camel trekking, and a traditional breakfast as well. And a camel that goes... See, Zayna oh my made, God, see, you got the sound Z- perfect. I was going to say, Zayna <laughs> made the way better camel sound than Brittany tried to make when she was doing it. Wow. It was like a guttural like grunt of like, I'm not happy. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to you describe it. You nailed it. He's going, yeah. get off me. <laughs> so they picked us up at 5.30 a.m. And like I said, we In what kind of car? It was a really nice Toyota Land Cruiser. We got picked up on a nice 
private vehicle pickup from our hotel. He picked us up before sunrise. He took us out there. It's amazing. You just leave the city and it takes a long time to finally get to the desert where there's nothingness out there, just sand and road. Yeah. And at one point he had to get off of the highway and we pulled off on some sand. He adjusted the gear settings on the vehicle. At that point, I'll be honest, like I didn't know what was going on. And I had a little panic moment and I was like, why are we out here? And this guy has pulled over to the side of the road. Well, because we had to go and then I camel realized, trekking and then out I in the desert. I realized what he was doing and yeah. I was like, okay, okay. okay so okay. he changed the settings in the vehicle. We did some off-road like vehicle safaring out in the sand dunes of Dubai. Mm-hmm. And, and it got really rocky at yeah, that point. Yeah, it was actually really fun. And then we got to Woke our... Woke me up for my nap. We got, <laughs> we got to the camels. Yeah, and it took us like an hour to get from Atlantis to the location we were going to get on the camels at so it was quite a long drive and i just want to add that this tour is about a four hour experience so an hour to get there and then expect to be on the camels for about an hour as well by the time you get loaded up can we talk about that getting loaded up the loading up experience (laughs) yeah tell us about getting loaded up kim so camels are kneeled down on the ground pretty low and you have to swoop your leg around which for me being a little five two and a half woman boom try to shoot my leg over the other side it's hard it's very hard <laughs> it's like mounting a horse you guys are tall so you probably have easier job but me and I, Brit, I just feel like i'm good at mounting <laughs> I'm you just that Italian arm. beef <laughs> I'm just kidding you know it doesn't surprise me since you're an Arab that you can mountain camel really well <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, Jamal <laughs> I wish you could see Jamal's face right now <laughs> so leg swoops over then you're finally on and it takes a bit to get the leg over because it's not an easy task so you get it over boom then you hop up on and then the camel starts making its noises and you're like am i killing it i don't know and then he's like okay lean back because the camel's like gonna do this like dip down and push back thing and it's pretty scary and we have videos they only get up with like their hind legs first then their front legs i think right it's scary that's what i was gonna say and Brittany touched on it best their hind legs are what they use to get up first so when they stand up you're really pushed forward not Mm -hmm. like leaning Mm -hmm. back he says hold on hold on hold on like holding on for dear life because that is how hard you have to hold on or you will fall off you're probably like at an 80 percent angle leaning forward actually the whole camel ride is a pretty good ab workout because the whole time you're like trying to stabilize it's it is gnar (laughs) yeah so (laughs) first I got on the camel and I could barely swing my leg over. Then Jamal got on and then everyone mounts up. Then the guy asks the camels to get up all together. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lean back, lean back, lean back. And you're finally up. And you pretty much have to hold on the whole time. Because (laughs) if you don't, your ass just like gets hit every time the camel takes a step. And if you're not holding on, you can fall off. Ride or be ridden. So I just want to say this was a super, (laughs) super fun experience by the the time we got up and took off, it was still dark right at the cusp of sunrise mm-hmm. out in the desert. Just such a beautiful experience. But I do want to say one thing. I've ridden a horse once in my life. We've talked about it on the podcast. It truly wasn't a horse. It was like a <laughs> mule. And it was when we were at Rainbow Mountain in, in Peru. Peru. And I've ridden camels before. And let me just say something. I would do this experience again, but riding animals is not very fun. 
And, you know, people that are equestrians and ride horses and do all this stuff, I'm just like... Ride it like an equestrian. Like, how do you sit on it? Like, after 10, 15 minutes... I'm ready to get off because my butt's sore. I've ridden a donkey. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. But I will say this, even though I'm saying that, definitely worth the experience. But how people do it as a leisure activity for pleasure, I don't understand. Yeah, so we got to watch the sun rise while we're riding these camels. Out in the desert of Dubai. Beautiful. And then after we are trekking along for a while, he gets to a point where we're just like surrounded by sand dunes and whatnot, where he asks if we want our picture taken. And the guy that's leading the camels takes our phones and he starts doing a a photo shoot for us. Yeah, he (laughs) photo shoots Kim and Zaina, then he photo shoots Jamal and I, then he photo shoots the squad together. And we're like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is cool, this is cool. And this is while the camels are standing. Then we trek a little bit further and he tells the camels to get down and then he gives us another photo shoot in the middle of the desert where he's like telling us to jump on the sand dunes up in the air. The camels are sitting down so we can take selfies with the camels. He's hooking it up right Mm -hmm. now with a freaking photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Super, super fun out there. But I will say this, minus the experience of being out in the Arabian desert for sunrise, which is actually so, so incredible. My other favorite part of this experience was the traditional Bedouin-style breakfast that we had out there. The whole time on the camel, I could not stop singing Aladdin, Arabian Nights. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Being all part of the experience. I couldn't stop. It was stuck in my head. But before we get to breakfast, I just want to give two tips. One, when you go that early in the morning for sunrise, bring a light jacket. It's a little mm-hmm. chilly in the morning. And two, you want to wear something cute because you're going to take really cute Absolutely, photos. Absolutely, 100%. But don't wear a dress. It's Mm-mm. not appropriate to mount a camel and wear a dress. Mounting things in a dress is very hard. So I wouldn't recommend that. We're out in the desert, but these are some of the nicest bathrooms that I saw. Like, they're mm-hmm. super nice out there. Yeah. Actually, we took a video of it. We will post it. Yeah. Like, it was really nice. I mean, the sinks had lights in Mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. and it was marble so the light was shining through the marble so I went to the bathroom and then I'm hearing from Kim and Brittany that we're gonna have breakfast and I'm like what the fuck is this (laughs) yeah and what I read was that it was just gonna be like traditional fruits and juices but it was a full-on spread the chili was that not bomb well it technically wasn't chili but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess like you could equate it to Middle Eastern style chili. Pretty because, sure it kind of was. Well, in the Mideast, they use a lot of chickpeas, garbanzo beans, other type of beans, fava beans. So I think it was some sort of bean dish with a lot of like Middle Eastern seasonings, but it's not like a true American chili. But I guess that is the best way to describe kind of what it is. But beyond that, we had some delicious fried eggs. eggs. Tomatoes, cucumbers, bread, lubni, which is a type of like traditional yogurt that they have out Mm. there. We had Arabic coffee, some juices. It was absolutely amazing. (laughs) And even if you told them that you were done, they kept bringing more food for you out the back. Oh, we love the chili. And we said, oh, no, no, we don't need any more chili. Boom! Another thing of chili showed up. Same thing with the lebna. We're like, oh, we don't need any more lebna. Bam! Another bowl of lebna. (laughs) 
So I absolutely love the breakfast experience. It honestly did it for me. We were sitting out at a low table, sitting, they're clearly not bean bags, but they're little... Ottomans. Ottomans. Oh, yeah, like little fluffy Ottomans. It created the whole ambiance of the experience. And just in case you're wondering, like some of the foods that we're mentioning and you're like, huh, what is that? We are going to do an episode specifically about food of the Middle East. So stay tuned for that and we'll go into more detail. And the table that we were at was under like a cover tent and we really enjoyed our experience we chose to do the sunrise experience but our driver that drove us out to the desert we were asking him if there are other tours and he said yeah there's actually a really popular sunset tour and it includes dinner and a show so where those tents are set up where we had breakfast that's where they typically have dinner and it's set up in like a semicircle. and in the middle they have like an area where they have performers at night so if you guys are interested in that and sunrise doesn't work for you check that out we hear it's a really good show too so after that we went back to the hotel and then we took a nap and then we woke up and went to the water park Yes, so Atlantis does have a water park Aqua Venture Water Park. And I really, really wanted to do this. This is half the reason why I wanted to stay at Atlantis. One, it is on the Palm. And again, the Palm is super famous in Dubai. But on top of that, one time before, Brittany and I had gone on a Caribbean cruise and we stopped in the Bahamas. And the Bahamas in Nassau has an Atlantis just as well. Same owner, same everything as this one out here in Dubai. And they have a water park. And when we were on the cruise, we wanted to go there and do the water Water park, but we saw that the water park cost like a hundred dollars for the day if you weren't a guest of the hotel. So we ended up not doing it. So when you stay at Atlantis, the Aqua Venture Water Park, part of the hotel, is included as part of your stay, and it was absolutely amazing. So we took a little bit of a nap, we woke up, and then we hit the water park. But I do want to say if you're not a hotel guest and you want to go, it's about 289 AED, which is Arab Emirates Durham, and that's that's equivalent to about 79 US dollars. I wouldn't necessarily pay $79 for it. I liked it a lot, but I wouldn't necessarily pay Neither that. Neither would I. I was really glad that it was included in our hotel stay. Yeah. Even though we wouldn't pay the $79, $80 for it, tell me how much fucking fun that place was. It was amazing. It was a lot of fun. The saving grace was the fact that they have towels all over the park and it's unlimited. So you just pick up a towel. They might ask you what room you're in. That's fine. Whatever. They're not doing anything with that. But uh, yeah, so it was a cloudy and a little bit of a cold day because this is January when we're there. It is their winter, even though it's kind of warm, but it's still kind of cold. And we were able to use the towel as we went from water slide to water slide. And the thing that's really nice is at every single water Water slide, you have cubbies to put your towel in. So you have your towel, put it in the cubby, walk up the stairs to do the slide, come down, and then you can pick up your towel and then walk to the next one. So let's talk about what you should and shouldn't wear at the water park. We saw people wearing absolutely everything that you can imagine. People were, were wearing bikinis, people were wearing one pieces, people were wearing burkinis, people were wearing pants and shirts. I and mean, speedos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a resort, so anything really goes. Were but... you guys uncomfortable with my Speedos? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wasn't wearing any Speedos. I'm kidding around. But like we said, truly at the resorts, you can wear the bikinis and more revealing 
bathing suits. However, the girls all here decided to wear one pieces to be more respectful of the fact of where we are in an Islamic country. But at the same time, you know, truly, if you're there, you can wear really whatever you want and it's going to be okay. But I want to say my favorite part about the day was the first slide we did. And we wrote it numerous times, but there are lots of slides where they're either body slides, meaning you don't have like a little inner tube raft and you just slide down on the slide yourself. Or there are slides that require inner tubes and you could ride them solo or with two people. But there are two slides that are four to six person inner tubes. And we're like, we have to start off right. We have to ride a four person one to start us off with. So we started with the Zoomerango and I really didn't know what this was. So we climb up and we get in. By the way, there was two people there. So since you need three or more, they were waiting for people to come. So the two people joined us in that raft and wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say about that one. You go down, which is fun. And then the raft kind of turns a little bit and then it goes down a really steep fall. And so if your back is facing the fall, you're fine. But when you're the one looking forward at the fall. Screaming at the top of my lungs. Yeah, (laughs) you kind of fly a little bit. So you need to hold on. And then it drops you. And then it goes to, it's kind of like a little bit of a boomerang. So now you go up from the fall and then you go down and end the slide. Yeah, it's almost like a normal water slide how it starts. It's not very long. You have a couple turns as you're going down. Trick you. Yes, it tricks you. But at one point, there is the big drop, and it drops from the couple turns of the slide into a big U-shaped funnel area. And so that's the big drop we're talking about. And then it has a big U-shape that you kind of climb up, and then from there you fall down and then continue on with the slide. But that fall is amazing, regardless truly of where you're sitting, because we wrote it multiple times. (laughs) If you're facing forward, if you're facing the back and don't even see the fall, or you're to the side... You definitely do feel that little air jump as it goes over. So, so fun. And what a great way to start off our day at Aquaventure at Atlantis. And we did try testing it out by weight. Like, you know, Jamal and I are the biggest ones. So we tried it where Jamal and I are sitting across. So the weight is distributed. And then Brittany and Kim, who are smaller, were sitting across from each other. Didn't do anything in comparison to if Jamal and I sat by each other, which took the weight to a certain portion of the raft and then Brittany and Kim were sitting next to each other. Regardless, you're still going to spin. It, it's, it's completely not random. I went down sideways. I went down backwards. I went down frontwards. And it was scary all the time. Yeah, I went down <laughs> all three ways too. The first time I went down, it was backwards. And I, even though I didn't see the fall straight on, I turned my head and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we're going to go down that. And we were all screaming, all laughing, mm-hmm. having a great time. We ended up writing it through three times that yep. one's the best it is i i thoroughly enjoyed it so i just want to say this inner tube that you're sitting in it's a big round one so you're all sitting in it facing each other so no not everyone's facing in the same direction you're all sitting in a circle looking at each other so that's what Brittany's saying is when she couldn't see it coming is because she's not looking forward her back was to it but before we get into discussing a little bit more of the slides i do want to go over two pieces of information as a tip one i brought my gopro with me and 
and I wanted to film going on the slides, film and document the adventures. And as I was doing that, they told me, oh no, you can't have it on a selfie stick. You have to take it off. So I took it off and then I was just holding it by hand and filming. And a couple people let me go doing that. And then finally, some other people told me, oh no, 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 no. You can't even just be holding it, put it in your pocket, turn it off. The only way you could have a camera is if it's on a necklace strap on you of some sorts, like it's around your neck and then it's strapped to like a harness. Yeah, the harness somehow. So I saw several people doing that. So if you want to film it, just keep that in mind. And the other one is about the lockers. Zaina was saying at each of the slide areas, they do have cubbies where you could put your towels. But truly at the same time, even though I feel like it's relatively safe, you still always got to err on the side of caution. You want to put things in lockers and they do have locker room areas. And how much was it to rent the lockers, ladies? It was 50 AED. That came to about like 13, 14 American dollars. So Kim was like, no, I don't want my phone stolen. I don't want to risk it. So she was like, let's it's go It's a small in. price to pay for security. Yeah. So we all threw our phones in and we all chipped in on the lockers and that's what we did. So other than that four person one, they had another one that was a four person water slide, which was really fun. And as I mentioned, they had the body slide ones. They had a couple that you could ride a single inner tubes. They had a lazy river, which was really cool because they had it set up to where at certain points in it, it was set up like river rapids, like you're at an amusement park, although they weren't the necessarily the best, but still really creative. I've really never been on a lazy river that was river rapids, but several notable slides to really mention is they have one where you drop into a dark tube and all of a sudden you come out under the aquarium. So you're in a clear glass tube and all around you as you're cruising slowly, you're in an aquarium seeing sharks, other fish, manta rays, stingrays. And this is on a water slide. It's fucking crazy, man. Like you're coming out there and you're literally in the middle of the aquarium. The aquarium is surrounding you 360 degrees around. I love that. Yeah, it kind of tricks you at first because you go down this dark hole and we could hear people screaming and we're like, mm -hmm. is this one going to be scary? And the guy's like, no, this is the most gentle one there is. So after that initial drop, once it drops you into the clear portion where it is an aquarium, and what's really cool is from the outside of the slide, when you're viewing the aquarium from the outside, you can see the people on the inner tubes in the middle, just gently going through. And every time a wave comes, they go a little bit farther down the line and you're in there for a good amount of time. Like I felt like it took three to four good waves before we got pushed out and it was pretty slow, but awesome to see because you get to see the sharks, the manta rays, all of the sea life. It was great. Another slide that I really, really enjoyed also took you through the aquarium. This one was called the Leap of Faith and Kim and Zaina didn't want to do it, didn't really have the courage to do it, I guess. But Brittany and I ended up doing this and this one's just a normal body slide. It's at a high elevation and you just slide down. I don't want to say it takes you straight down, but it's pretty much it's pretty it's much so a funny because when we were standing on the balcony filming you guys when Brittany came down first her hair was like flying back in the back of her and it looked so funny as you flew down your hair was just like Phew. it was hilarious you know at the time of this recording because I know you had a, the GoPro and filmed us both going down I still have not plugged in the GoPro to watch any of our videos yet so clearly we're going to do that before this episode airs and then we're going to include some of those videos ideally on the Instagram. So be on the lookout for that. But that was really cool because it's a big steep drop and then that body slides you 
into the aquarium as well. However, you're going so fast and water's flying in your face, truly you can't enjoy going through the aquarium like you can on that slower slide that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I wouldn't have even known that I went through an aquarium if I didn't read the description. Yeah. It's so fast. It was so fast. So Brittany and I did that. And then there was another slide that Kim didn't want to ride. We pretty much rode all the rides except for the fact, like I said, Zane and Kim didn't do Leap of Faith. And then there was another body slide. For the record, I take leaps of faith every day in life. But I just didn't feel the need to do it on a water slide. That, that's, that's fine. And then there was another one called Poseidon's Revenge. Mm-hmm. And this one, if you remember back to our cruising episode. Episode six. We talk and give shit to Zayna about the water slide that they had where they literally drop the floor from below you and then it's launched that way. Literally the floor falls below you and then you start the slide. So it's not a straight down fall. It's clearly at an angle, but pretty close like pretty close to being fall. vertical. And sounds horrific. Brittany and I rode that first. <laughs> and then Zayna, we were giving her shit. We're like, You've done this on the water slide on the cruise. No, no, Just you go know what ahead and do this. They have another one. What was it? Slytherin. Slytherin. That's a body slide. And I went on the Slytherin and I was like, okay, I've gotten my courage. It's Slytherin, not Slytherin. She's thinking Harry Potter over here because she was reading Harry Potter in Spanish on this trip. <laughs> potato, Slytherin. Potato. <laughs> right? So anyways, it's at the same level as Poseidon's Revenge. And I did that, which was a really big thing for me. So I'm feeling like, oh, I got the courage. I got the guts. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And Shamal's like, really? And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So Brittany and I had wrote it earlier. Again, the floor drops from below you. So finally, we're like, all right, we're done with the water park for today. Let's ride one of the four person slides again, just to end it. And before we did that, Zayn was like, no, 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 no. I can do Poseidon's Revenge. I got this. I got this. So I was like, all right, Zayna. Like, we're going to go ride it. Let's do it. You've done this on the cruise. It's nothing to be afraid of. And we go. We climb up. I pulled a Kim. I told somebody I'm really, really <laughs> proud of them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm proud of you, Zane. Are you going to do this? It's going to be and fine. down below, Brittany's like, do you think Zane is going to do it? I'm like, yeah, I think she is. Kim yeah. Always really has do. My back. Kim yeah. always has your back. And what did you say, Britt? I said, no, I don't think she'll do it. <laughs> so, guys, do you think I did it? Let us know. Did I do it? Well, I'm going to spoil that answer. Zana did not do it. We got to the very top and Zana gets in the tube because they put you like in a little tube casing. And again, the floor drops out from under you. And before they could close the tube, Zana's getting in and like her knees are shaking. She's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm I like, thought I was going to pass I was like, Zana, you've already done this before. It's like, I can't do it. And then so the worker tells her, why don't you just ride the other body slide, Slytherin? So Zana takes that down. But first I watched Me Jamal being the man down. that I am. I was like, all right, Zana, if you're not going to ride this, I'm already at the top. I'm going to do it. So I had to rewrite it, which was fun, of course. But uh, Zana, what an epic fail. When Jamal got into <laughs> it and they closed the capsule, Jamal looked at me and kind of scoffed his face and shrugged. Was like, it just... the same scoff he gave us when we forgot our passports exactly, in China? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just looking at me, shaking his head, scoffing how disappointed, disappointed. he is. But then I've <laughs> Then I watch him drop, and as soon as they drop the floor from beneath him and he falls, his eyes get so big, his eyebrows lift, like you just see the <gasps> on his face. Well, how can you not have that reaction? It's like riding a roller coaster, not having a reaction on the fall. Even if you love it, you have them. I mean, it's just uh, natural instinct. But nonetheless, 
super, super fun time at Aquaventure at Atlantis. One that I really quickly want to touch on, because they only have two that has three to six people that can ride it, and that was Aquaconda. So right after we did the first ride of Zoomeringo, then we did Aquaconda. Now, Zoomeringo was much better, and the drop was much bigger, but when we were on Aquaconda, I think Jamal has this on the GoPro too. My back is towards the next drop. So I don't <laughs> even know that there's a drop because I don't know this slide yet. All I see is Jamal's face and like, oh my God, it's a big drop. It's a big drop. It's a big drop. And it's a big one. It's a big, it's a big one. one. Yeah, that's what it is. And his <laughs> eyes are huge. He's screaming. It's a big one. I'm holding <laughs> on for dear life. I know what the drop felt like on Zoomerango and my back is turned. I have no idea what's about to happen. And I think Jamal made me peel. I didn't really, but like I could have peed a little sure. bit because I was like, what are we about to go into? And it was, it was fine. Zoomerango's much more intense. Yeah, we had a really good time at the water park. It was a little chilly that day, but we made it through. The saving grace was all of the towel stations around the park and being able to pick up a fresh towel after like pretty much every ride. Yeah. (laughs) And one more thing to mention is that we really had a craving for soft serve ice cream. So we got that and it's definitely something you can pass on. Hard pass. Hard pass. We also try to reserve lounge chairs near like the lazy river area and we put our stuff down. We took off our shirt and whatnot. We really didn't need to. The park is so spread out. We were never actually in that area and we never used it. So we just used the little cubbies that they had pretty much. So moving on from that, we went back to our room and showered and got ready for the evening because you know where we went next? Hakkasan. 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 I just want to say, as you guys are familiar, I'm sure you've all heard our inside jokes of always going to Hakkasan, doing this, doing that when we go to Vegas. Well, this is actually the first time the entire squad made it to Hakkasan. And you know where they have a Hakkasan? Right at Atlantis. Didn't have to go very far. Mm-hmm. We did go to Hakkasan. It's no joke. We were there. We were there. Yes, we were. I will say this, though. So Hakkasan in Vegas is a nightclub. In Dubai, it's not a nightclub. It's a restaurant and bar. Granted, they have some good music going, just like it's at the nightclub, but no dance floor, nothing crazy. Restaurant and bar. And let me tell you something. You always hear the stereotype that Dubai is expensive. And I know we talked about taxis being actually relatively cheap. The hotels are expensive. But in terms of food prices, other stuff, you know, eh, I would say it's California, New York prices, which isn't cheap, but not very very expensive, but these drinks at Hakkasan, $20 a cocktail. I just got myself an old fashioned and it was 20 bucks. Yep. I got a cocktail and it was good, but $20 is kind of expensive. So I don't remember exactly what cocktail I got. I feel like I got a basil honey something and it was good, but was it worth $20? Mm, I don't know. It was probably worth $20 in comparison to the $35 wine that we had later, which we're going to discuss in just a minute. But yeah, it was probably a lot better. And I would the price say it was absolutely worth the $20. It's like comparable Vegas Hakkasan prices. It, really, you're paying for the experience. So I thought it was worth it. it. Just for all the stuff that we say about Hakkasan and the squad, it was worth it to me to just go there. But again, you're in Dubai and it is what it is. You know, you could expect to spend that type of money in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So if you expect it, it's not going to be anything too crazy. So we definitely got a picture in front of the Hakkasan sign because we we're like, the squad finally made it. And we got a picture of us enjoying our drinks together. And this was 
before our dinner because we had a late dinner that was scheduled for 8, 8.30 p.m. And so we had gotten ready early and we're like made a point to go to Hakkasan to get a drink before Pre-dinner our drinks. dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, this dinner was at Asiano, which again is at Atlantis. So I just want to say this too, you know, Atlantis is a great place to stay, number one. Two, if you're staying in a resort area in Dubai, you're probably going to spend a lot of time at the resort, if you want me to be honest, because we're going to give a little bit more tips later on our just overall impression of Dubai. But again, like I said, it's to be seen and experienced in terms of a lot to do. There's really not unless you're at a resort, because it's just a big metropolis of businesses truly that are out there. But as the camel ride was Kim's little pet project of something she wanted to do, dinner at Asiano at Atlantis was Brittany's pet project on something that she wanted to do. Because when you're watching TV and you see commercials for Atlantis, you see how awesome it is and they have an aquarium. And at this restaurant, Asiano, the aquarium is attached to it. And so one of the walls, the very front wall of the restaurant is all glass and you get aquarium views. So I was like, I want to go and have dinner there. Like, I don't care. I want to do the tasting menu. I enjoy tasting menus. I've done them in the past. I really wanted to go. So Kim was like, dude, I want to fucking do it for the experience. And Zayna was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to go. I'm not a foodie. Or are you now? (laughs) I think it was a fun experience to be able to do with you guys. But am I a foodie? No. Would I want to do something like that again? I would never voluntarily do it. It's just not my thing. I'm just not a foodie. Fair enough. So there's a few things I want to add on about this dinner specifically. So Kim is a non-seafood eater. She does not like seafood at all. So we had gone to the concierge earlier in the day and asked, could they accommodate her? And they said, absolutely, they will do their best to accommodate her. Money talks, baby. Because real quick, it's an aquarium (laughs) restaurant. You can imagine what type of cuisine it is. It's a seafood restaurant. Not to say that they don't have beef and meat and other stuff other than seafood, but it's a seafood restaurant. Yeah. And so it's also a tasting menu. So they have a nine course menu, an 11 course menu, and a 13 course menu. So we decided to do the nine course menu. And they actually recommend that all parties do the same number of tastings because if one person gets a nine course and someone else it's a 13 course your food's going to come out on different schedules so it's better if everyone does the same number of courses for their meals and then lastly we were trying to figure out what they might serve because what was our meal our whole meal was called metamorphosis and what was really funny is they didn't even have a listing of what was going to be served it was a description but not even of the food for example the whole meal was called metamorphosis but maybe course number four was called a taste of nostalgia. And so they just had a few words to tease on potentially what it could be. But you go into this restaurant, whether it be the 9, 11, or 13 course meals, not knowing what you're going to get because each day they change the menu itself. The chef changes the menu each day. Beautiful. That sounds like so much work. I know, right? Oh my God. What were some of your favorite meals of the courses? Well, this one wasn't necessarily my favorite, but I'll tell you why I enjoyed it. The first course comes out. Zaina was a 
little bit reserved on this, understandably so. Like she said, she's not a foodie and this meal was about like 250 a person. So definitely expensive. So obviously someone who's not into food like that can be hesitant. The first meal comes out, which was an oyster with seaweed and dill foam with caviar on top. And <laughs> Zena <laughs> takes a bite and you can just see her face like, fuck, I really enjoyed that. And I was like, all right, all right. Zena's stepping off to the right step. First uh, course got her going good that way. And it was called Farewell Kiss from the Sea. Description of course one on the metamorphosis menu. So, I mean, you can guess what you're going to get, but it doesn't even tell you. You don't know until it comes out what it truly is. But what I really liked about the food there was not only was it food, but it was art. It was in a display. Course number four that was on the path of nostalgia. That course was served on a clock that ticked backwards. So when the course came out, we were getting a whole backstory. And so it served on just these beautiful plates with the story of why he chose to serve the dish. And it was definitely an experience, not just dinner, but an experience. I will say that course that got served on the clock that ticked backwards on the path of nostalgia was probably all of our favorites. Interestingly enough, that one wasn't a seafood dish, so Kim got to experience it. Any one of the ones that were mm -hmm. seafood, they kind of slightly altered for Kim, so they were able to do that. But that one was really good. Unfortunately for Kim's sake, though, all of our clocks were ticking backwards, but hers was a broken clock that they got. I think they gave that one to you on purpose because you were anti-seafood. And <laughs> you're standing still in time. It is what it is. <laughs> and that course was a truffle veal ham I and buckwheat loved brioche dish it was so good it was so good it was God, super damn, good. That was good all of the dishes were really really good and if none of you guys have ever done a tasty mini before it's definitely a splurge item but definitely fun and again at the same time we figured it's dubai it's a city of opulence let's be opulent you know what made that dinner even better that pianist I love the pianist that, that was pianist there. could play any song you gave her, literally anything. So our waiter told us right off the bat that, you know, he, the pianist, and we were sitting right next to her too. So he's like, you know, she's going to be right there. If you have any requests, Beautiful let me voice. know. Yeah, I don't think she gets too many requests though, but we definitely had fun with it. So each of us kept picking a song and telling the waiter, but we wouldn't let everyone else know because we would want like to surprise the other three and see if they can guess it. So we did less stuff like Truly Madly Deeply, my heart will go on. Heaven is a place on earth and break my heart. Just she even did dance monkey. Crazy. She did that one on her own though. So she even would have an eclectic mix of stuff that you wouldn't think is more formal piano style music in a formal restaurant like that but she would take and make them her own so then we started to pick some sort of songs some of them ballads some of them not but she could transform them into like a formal dining atmosphere song which was absolutely amazing so we had fun with that with the pianist and it was fun to see the waiter tell her the song because you just see her face laugh because she's like okay I'll try I'll try she's so like, She's well, like, how am I going to make this happen? <laughs> well, she came up to us at the end, too, because we were thanking her and we tipped her. And she was saying that most people don't really make requests. So we made it really fun for her. And her shift went like really quickly. And she hasn't played about 70% of the songs that we requested. So just like, wow, what a shout out. She never said no. She looked it up on the Internet. She figured it out and she made it her own. And we would have never known if she didn't tell us that. Yeah, she did a really, really good job. Like we mentioned earlier we each except for jamal got a glass of wine 
And this is where we paid $35 for just a normal glass of wine. Makes the Hakkasan $20 cocktail seem like a bargain. Well, my drink at Hakkasan was really good. And we all um, voted and decided that I really did get the best drink off of the menu. So that was nice. Not because I got the best, but because like I really did enjoy it. And then you go to the restaurant and you pay $35 for wine. And this is probably like something that you can get at Grocery Outlet for $5. <laughs> Whoa. And- <laughs> just being honest. I mean, this restaurant too, they charge you for the water. That's how crazy this restaurant is. Yeah. But a definitely fun experience. So that wrapped up our only full day in Dubai. Started with the morning camel trek, the water park. We had the dinner at Asiano, Hakkasan. And now we are on to our last day there, which was Dubai City Exploring. So we woke up and we went to the aquarium there at the hotel. And you do get in for free if you are a guest. Yeah, so we did that. The aquarium that is included with your hotel stay you can see in some of the other public areas going through the shops but they do have a few more areas of certain species of fish like jellyfish and other things that they and eels that they really don't show in the big big aquarium that you could see on the outside so it was fun as a hotel guest but i will say this if you're not a hotel guest the amount of money that they charge to go in there i wouldn't do it i will just say that but we figured we had the free tickets so let's do it but after we did that then we finally decided to leave the hotel and truly explore the dubai area so we took a taxi to burj al arab and that we were told that you can go in and see but truly you actually can't it's the only seven star hotel in the world not available to the public but you can reserve to go in Yeah, you could reserve to go in if you're not a hotel guest, if you do their afternoon tea. Now, I was told by some people that you can go into the lobby, but not really explore anywhere else. I don't know if that was the case in the past, but that's what was told to me by people in Dubai. And we got in our taxi, we tried to go there. And then as soon as we got there, before we made the turn to get in there, our taxi driver was like, oh, you have reservations to get in? We're like, oh, no, we just want to go see the lobby. He's like, you can't get in if you don't have reservations. He says, look at this. This is all the security keeping people outside. They're going to call, make sure you have a reservation, whether it be a hotel guest or the afternoon tea. So I wanted to see it because the hotel itself is built out on its own little island. It looks like a big giant sail. That's what it's made to look like. And again, it has the prestige of being noted and listed as the only seven star hotel in the world. I mean, if you stay there, you get a free Rolls Royce chauffeur your entire stay. I mean, that's how opulent this place is. So we wanted to see it. We saw it from the outside, but unfortunately you can't go in. So at that point we said, you know what? Dubai is famous for their malls, their opulence. Take us to the Dubai mall. And real quickly, just to jump on the afternoon tea, from our understanding, you can't just make a reservation for afternoon tea and then go in and not show up. Like you have to pay 100% up front. So, yeah. So, if you want to see the hotel and think I'm going to make reservation for tea just to get in, they're taking your credit card as a deposit. So, you're paying to get in the hotel. Mm hmm. Hey squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating 
We use it when we feel jet lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So we get to the mall and our goal at the mall was to really get lunch. We were hungry by this point. We hadn't eaten breakfast and we heard that the mall was really nice. What I did like was when we first walked in, there was one area that was set up to look like the old souks, which are like the old shopping districts. And so when you walk in and see that, it's really cute to see, but they're just really normal shops and it's not any different than any other mall that we've gone to before. Kim said it best to me at one point. She looked at me and she said, well, the San Francisco Macy's is four floors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. We got nice malls here too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because there's multiple malls in Dubai. Some of them have the indoor skiing that they have. And this one that we went to had an ice skating rink. So they have all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, it's famous for the malls, but a mall is a mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was really cool, though, is there was a way to get out of this mall and see the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world. And so we didn't have to take a taxi from the mall to the Burj Khalifa. We just went outside of the mall and they had a great viewing area where we could see that. Yeah, like I said, there's multiple malls in Dubai that are famous. We went to the Dubai Mall, which is right by the Burj Khalifa. There's a mall of the Emirates, which is in that second downtown area, completely far away, but that's the one that has the indoor skiing that you can do. So Dubai Mall, right by the Burj Khalifa, we walk outside, and if you've ever been to Las Vegas or seen photos of the Bellagio in Las Vegas, it was like being right there because they have a big man-made lake with the water fountains that go and create shows. Unfortunately, when we were there at the time, they didn't have the show going. They only have it at certain times, so we didn't get to see it, but it's just a crazy facade. You go outside into the desert and big, beautiful mall. There's a big man-made lake, and you're just looking up the world's tallest building. It's crazy. The building looked insane. When you cock your head up to look at it, it was like, whoa. 
It didn't look real. What, it was crazy. What question did you ask me, Kim, when we were looking at it? <laughs> um, we were looking at it and there's a, a point where it gets to the tip of it where it's just almost like an antenna sort of It's piece. like an antenna tower. And I said, does the tip count? No, you said like, is the height of the tip included in the the height? Yeah, to does make it, it count? Does and, the tip I, count? and I looked at Kim and was like, Kim. The tip always counts. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny, but we're talking about it being the world's tallest building. Just so you're aware, it's 2,722 feet high or 830 meters high. How ridiculous. 2,722. That's more than half a mile. So squad tip for you on the second floor is the Apple store and they do have a balcony. So you can go out and see the Burj Al Khalifa from the balcony there on the second floor, or you can go downstairs and they're going to have, you know, the actual ground where you can look up at it. I have another squad tip. Yeah. Give it to us. When you take your picture, have the person take it in pano mode and go up so you can include the entire building, including the tip. Because that's the only way you're going to get it all in there. Tip counts. I was just going to say that too. Tip <laughs> counts. Oh, uh, just real quick too. They don't have a full-blown top, top observation deck. I think they let you go up to level like 141. And they charge you $41 just to go up there. They have other things that you can do, different activities that cost a lot more if you were to go up into the tower. So you can look into that, see what you can find on Viator. But we opted not to do it. It was more just to see instead of going up. But after the Burj Khalifa, we decided we were going to go to the Dubai Marina District. Zaina and I actually have two cousins that live and work in Dubai. So we met up with one of my cousins in the Dubai Marina area. Mm -hmm. So we just went to Stefano's and we drank some tea, had some hookah. Prior to that, we had coffee there on the marina. So again, you know, keeping with the theme, no matter where you go, there's always something to drink, but you're not going to find alcohol. And while we were there waiting for our cousin to show up, they did have a sign at the marina of things to do and not to do. Yeah, and on one of the signs, it said dress respectfully, and it had a picture of a dress, and it was in a circle crossed out like, do not wear a dress. Or like a tank top or anything like that. So they definitely do have those sides. And again, that's when you're more out in public versus, you know, in the resort areas. But when we were at the Dubai Marina, just such crazy buildings that you see one all over the city, but even in the Marina area. And this is where Kim gave us her Chicago inspired mm -hmm. architecture tour, but Dubai architecture tour. Yeah, I'll have to save this for our Instagram promo, but there are some very creative buildings out there. And I was feeling very inspired when I gave this architecture tour. There was the marker, <laughs> the first kiss, the sandstorm, and I'll explain all of those if you tune into our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. First kiss was my favorite, not gonna lie. I love the way you teased Everyone that. loves the first yes, kiss. Yes, I love the way you teased it for them to check it out on Instagram, but it just made me laugh. Kim, I've always known you to be witty, but then when you were really <laughs> going over all this stuff, I was like, man, like I couldn't even think of this if I had several hours to come up with something as witty. And here Kim is just spitballing it. So impressive. Yeah, I could be an architecturist. <laughs> <laughs> you did a really good job, Kim. <laughs> really, really I good job. I have it in my soul. 
So later that night, well, technically this is Saturday. So our flight was Sunday morning, I think at like at two in the morning. So that was pretty much our last day there in Dubai. And we just went directly to the hotel and then to the airport. And then we flew home. But notable worth mentioning is that at the time of our flight, there was a lot of the conflict with Iran. So British Airways did redirect itself. So instead of flying over Iran, we would fly south and then turn west to go over Saudi Arabia in order to bypass. Iran. Two things happened. Number one, no alcohol. Yeah, they were saying as long as we're flying over Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia is a dry country, no alcohol can be served. Also an Islamic country. Also an Islamic country. They couldn't serve it when we were over their airspace. Didn't really matter because at that point, I don't think we were going to get any service on this portion of the flight flying over Saudi Arabia because maybe 20 minutes after takeoff, as we were flying over Saudi Arabia, making that loop that Zaina was just describing, we sat through an hour and 15 minutes of straight turbulence. Crazy turbulence. Like on a scale of one to 10, no exaggeration. It was an 8.5 to a nine. I thought an I was going to throw up. and 15 minutes straight. I think I, someone did get sick on it. Someone did I get sick on it. multiple people did. Yeah, I usually don't get motion sick on a flight. And I think about halfway through the turbulence, I was like, all right, I'm going to pop a Dramamine because I could get sick. I was like, where's your hazmat bag? I need it. (laughs) My critique was I don't like that the pilot didn't come on and address it. You know, I always say that when a country is in crisis, the president addresses the nation. A city is in crisis. A mayor addresses the city. And I felt like our airplane was in crisis and no one addressed the airplane. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? We were shaking up and down and side to side all at the same time. Like it was really violent turbulence for an hour and 15 minutes straight. I I can't describe it. Like I've been in rough turbulence that's lasted for maybe about, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but never at this rough of scale and for as long and continuous. An hour and 15 minutes, crazy. And this was the start to a 29 hour trek home. Well, Jamal was also sitting in what might have been urine. I was sitting. I was sitting. I was sitting next to that, Kim. I was sitting next to it. So we were in the second to last middle row of four all together, and then we saw a row right behind us that was open. And we're like, "Fuck, let's spread out before other people get to this and claim it. That way, we can kind of semi sleep." And so Kim takes one side, I take the other side of that, and. I noticed like one of the seats is like really, really wet. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not sitting on this. And then so I'm sitting on the second seat in Kim sitting on the edge seat. That way we kind of have a little bit of space and, you know, space to stretch out. And then some other lady tries to come back and sit and take that seat. And the stewardess was telling her like, oh, I wouldn't sit there. We know this is wet, but I don't know if this is spilled drinks or if it's bodily fluids and then the later's like oh okay and they decided they had not no to idea there. what it was yeah yeah i i don't think it was anything i don't think it was bodily fluids but nonetheless i'm glad may the story said that we but don't know that was our dubai experience but before we get into questions of the week does anybody have anything they want to say about dubai It's a city to be seen, but there's not much to do. I probably wouldn't go back. I know I'm Lebanese and maybe I'm biased, but just Lebanon is just so fun. Favorite part was the camel trek and the Atlantis resort. Yeah, the camel trek was really fun, really good experience. But I will say this, you know, if you're going to go to Dubai, I really wouldn't spend more than three days there. It's made to be seen, as Zaina said, and experienced, but there really isn't a lot to do. Unless you're staying at the Burj Al Arab. 
then you might want to spend three full days there. Maybe. Or at Atlantis. My biggest regret from Dubai is not driving Ferraris. Mm, driving Ferraris would have been really cool. I'd go back cool. to that. Or the high tea at Burjal. I'd go to, back for that. We need, to, we go need to go to that. that. All right, Kim, I think it's your time. Give me an intro. Questions of the week. A little bit more passion. Let me hear it. More? More. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that was full of passion. All right. What, oh, is yeah. our, what is our first question? Our first question is, is TSA pre or global entry worth it? Or is one better than the other? Absolutely. Definitely global. worth it. So the best way to describe it is if you have global entry, you get TSA pre. So you might as well just get global entry and get TSA pre included. For five years, it's about $100 for TSA pre. I think it's about $80 for five years. It is $80 for TSA pre. So yeah. for the $20, for $20 more, $20 you should more? do the global entry. And just so you are aware on what they are, global entry as an American, when you leave the United States and come back in, if you have global entry, it gives you expedited passage through customs so they ask you less questions you have a separate line so there's not as many people there with you so you get through a lot quicker and don't have to deal truly with the hassle and questions that most people get when they come back like what are you bringing with you where did you go not to say that they don't ask it but definitely they're more laxed with you whereas tsa pre-check Again, included with global entry, or you could buy it separately, but this is when you're about to be going on your flights. You have a specific line for security. They don't make you take off your shoes, belt, jacket, take out your liquids, etc. Makes it really, really easy and nice. So definitely worth it. $100 for five years. You can't go wrong. For global entry, that's one that's worth it. Three out of the four of us have it, and it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Moving on to the next question. How much does Dubai cost? Is everything really expensive? I would say it's equivalent to like San Diego, New York prices, big city prices. It's not super expensive unless you're staying at a really, really nice hotel. I would say the hotels are probably the most expensive part, but transportation and food was reasonable. How did you guys feel? Yeah, I would say the same. Food wasn't cheap, but it definitely wasn't as expensive. And I'm not talking about our experience at Asiano. I'm talking about like regular food. It seemed to me to be like California prices, New York prices, which again are on the more expensive side, but not like completely outrageous. The hotels, like Brittany said, would probably be the most expensive things. But as we were looking, even though we truly know we wanted to stay at Atlantis, I did see some hotels that were about like 120, 130 a night. There were nice ones, but not like big resorts. So you definitely can find more reasonable prices. It's just really those resort areas and other things that are going to be more expensive or if you want to buy like high-end retail at the malls. All right, guys, that sums up Dubai. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. To keep the adventures going, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast and tag us in your adventures and send us in your questions of the week because you know I love that. Mm-hmm. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Make sure to pack your bags and your hiking gear because next week we are taking you with us on another U.S. hiking trip to Bryce Canyon National Park. Bryce Canyon National Park. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.